occult crimes, paranormal investigations, urban legends, and strange happenings. Welcome to Myths, Magic, and Murder. <laughs> hey, welcome to Mini Myths, Magic, and Murder. Oh, I wasn't expecting you to say that. I usually say this is a mini-sode, but now mm-hmm. I think it's fairly obvious from yeah. the title, the intro, and everything else. I've outed it. I'm Abby. I'm Kate. And we'll be your ghostesses on this tiny, tiny adventure together. This tiny little day. <laughs> anyway... What are you talking about? You want to go first? Um, yeah, so just to give like a brief overview, I think we're both talking about weird things that have gone on in Liverpool. Yeah, some spooky places. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about, at least. I also am talking about some spooky places. Some spooky local places. Yeah. To us, though, not to you. We don't we don't care where you are. Oh, my God. I care, <laughs> but it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> it simply just doesn't matter to me. Um, I am from here. I moved here. Yeah, I'm originally from Liverpool, and we moved back because I love it here. And I got bored. And I encouraged Kate to come here too. Yeah. And now here we are, living Uh, life. Yeah, it's a good time. Um, What I'm going to do is just blur out my sources to begin with. Okay. And then not return to them. Go on then. All at first. Okay, so my sources for both stories are liverpoolhiddenhistory.co.uk, spookyowls.com, Wikipedia, Liverpool Echo, and atlasobscura.com my first story is about william mackenzie's tomb so first off in the obscure liverpool places i've got somewhere that looked like it would be better suited in egypt in rodney street which is in like the city center there's the graveyard of the former st andrew's church and in the graveyard is a 15 foot pyramid it's made of stone and has a green circle just above what looks to be a door this is the final resting place of William Mackenzie. It's definitely very spooky. Yeah. He was born near Nelson in 1794, and throughout his work, he was an engineer and worked on important projects such as Liverpool and Manchester Railway, as well as the Leeds and Liverpool Canal. Wow. Yeah. With all that responsibility, though, comes a lot of stress, something that William reportedly dealt with by gambling. When he died in 1851, he had no children and left his entire estate worth about 42 million today. Wow. Yeah. To his younger brother. Leave it to me. (laughs) Hun, you are not alive. In return, William was kept in this interesting tomb. Supposedly, he sat upright within with a winning hand of cards. Like, in his... Every source said bony fingers. And I was like, wow, someone said that. And then everyone's jumped on board. I mean, it does sound pretty good. Right. Bony fingers. Why was he sat upright playing cards, you might ask? Well, legend goes that William made some of his fortunes by betting against the devil while playing cards. In return, he had to give his soul when he died. And William was like, okay, I'm an atheist. So I've got nothing to lose. Wow, fair. From here, William's logic was, okay, well, if I'm wrong, then if I'm never buried and there is a Satan, he can't claim his prize. What a smart guy. This could explain why the ghost of William has been seen pacing up and down the street, because I guess if the devil can't have him, he'd be stuck roaming here. Mm. One sighting happened in 1871, where a Lionel Harland 
who was a local doctor, saw William walking in a top hat. Very fancy ghost. Lovely. This probably would have been overlooked, 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 if Lionel hadn't have known William and knew that he died 20 years earlier. <laughs> the more that he looked at the apparition, William's face started to glow as if he were on fire and his eyes were black and lifeless. Throughout the years, there have been a few sightings, causing this to be known as one of the more haunted roads in Liverpool. Unfortunately, though, the story of him sat upright in the tomb isn't true. No, that's such an interesting thing, though. Yeah, the pyramid was built as an homage to William seven years after his death. And on the inscription, it says, In the vault beneath lie the remains of William Mackenzie of Newby Dumfrieshire, Esquire, who died 29th of October, 1851, aged 57 years. Also Mary, his wife, who died 19th December, 1838, aged 48 years. And Sarah, his second wife, who died on 9th of December, 1867, aged 60 years. Imagine being buried with your husband's second wife. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> You'd not be impressed, oh, would you? That's a cramped tomb, is mm. all I have to say. This monument was erected by his brother Edward as a token of love and affection in 18... 18- 68 the memory of the just is blessed so unless they had him sat out on the on the graveyard for like how many years seven did i say yeah seven years just sat bolt upright with a game of game of solitaire in his hand i hope when i die someone legs me enough to build me a tomb a fancy looking one i'm not putting the effort in i want to be sat upright with the podcast mic in my hand and oh a t-shirt God. that says, listen to Myths, Magic and Murder. Oh my God. That's free advertising. Yeah. If what? anyone grave digs, they're going to be like, why has no one thought of this? This is an ancient podcast. Oh, hell yeah. It's going to be great. <laughs> if you pay us money, wait, can we pay you money so that when you die, you can wear our merch? We're not doing that. At your funeral. We're not doing that. That's not happening. If you have an open casket, do you mean? Yeah, yeah. No, we're not doing that. That's not happening. That is so disrespectful. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That was interesting. Thank you. I've always wondered what that big pyramid was. Yeah. I just figured it was a spooky tomb and moved on. It's kind of weirdly placed, isn't it? Because it's like in the middle of town. The graveyard is really small. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what that building is now, if it's not the Church of Andrew, but... I actually don't know. But you're not allowed in the graveyard. You're not? there's gates there's wrought iron gates outside it fair enough yeah i don't think i've ever tried to it's like surrounded by pubs and stuff so i've never really been like yeah now's the time for grave i think where the i think where the church closed it's just kind of off limits yeah that's fair enough yeah well all of the photos of the the tomb are taken from like outside if you look at all of the angles of the different photos of the pyramid, and we walked up... I thought up. you went outside the tomb for a sec. I was like, well, yeah. No, no, no. I mean, outside of the graveyard, yeah, all that the makes photos sense. of the pyramid. Uh, there will be photos on socials at Myth Ma- Myth's Magic Pod. Okay, so for my first one, I've picked the lovely, lovely Croxteth Hall, which I've told you so much about. Um, it's somewhere that I've been many times. Fuck my sake. sources are reallyhaunted.com, Croxteth Hall, official website, Liverpool Echo, and IMDb. And also when I went as a child. I will tell you about that when I went as a child. So I used to go to collect conkers there when I was a kid. And I went in the hall once to look around. It's a huge 16th century building with a large garden. It had various generations of the original family who were the Earls of Sefton, which is the area that it's it's, uh, situated in. And when the final family successor, 
passed away in 1972, they couldn't find anybody else like in the family to hand the house down to. So they just divided up the estate. And now you can go visit it. It's open to the public. It's very nice. Is that why you went to pretend to be a Victorian child? Fun fact, yeah. I went to be a Victorian when I was there. <laughs> so Sorry. in primary school, when I was about 10, this was like a tradition we did. I don't know if they still do it. It was really fun. We did it as very well. Very interesting. You did it as yeah. well? Well, when I went, um, you had to pick a profession out of like a list. And all the girls were um, housemaids and they like made snacks and stuff. But I didn't want to do that because I heard, first of all, that sounded a bit lame to me. And also I heard that the lady in charge was mean because they were all actors. They were all in character. Like they had to act how they would have in the Victorian times if they were like the leader of like the housemaids. You know what I mean? I don't know what the the term would be. Mistress. The big boss one. Yeah. Yeah. So she was mean because she had to be. Ten-year-old Abby is out here saying I am not conforming to gender norms. So I was a gardener (laughs) and all the gardeners were boys. So I had to pretend to be a boy. I had a little flat cap because they wanted it to be authentic, you know. So the actor had to like refer to me as a boy and he let me push the wheelbarrow and stuff. So it was all all, um, like the Victorian times. And I had a really nice day. Oh, bless you. I remember it really well. That's nicer than our one because when we went to go do a similar thing because British schools are weird. Um, <laughs> they are, right? We, we were just kids. We got to learn as a day as a, a Victorian school child. So like we had like the quill and ink and the... We did that as well on a different day. Upwards. Yeah, we didn't have like a bring your kid to Victorian work day. Yeah, we did that once. We went to a, a place and did like a Victorian day where they had like the, the cane that they threatened you with and made you write with ink. But like they didn't hit you, they hit us. <laughs> what school they, were they you didn't, in? They didn't. Um, but yeah, this one you could pick. There were like housemaids. There was the stable boy, which I would have picked had I realized you could pet the pony. I didn't realize there would actually be a horse there. Um, gardener, <laughs> like an animatronic. No, I just thought you'd have to be like cleaning up. Oh right. I didn't think they'd let you pet the horse. And then I felt real stupid That's afterwards. So silly. Because I wanted to pet the horse. Yeah, I couldn't. I can't remember what else you could be, but there were quite a lot of jobs. There were maybe like ten. Um, but yeah, that's what I picked. I had a really nice oh, day. Good for you. And at one point, he, the guy in charge, the actor. I'll stop talking about this now. He called me girl, and then he had to laugh about it for ten minutes to try and pretend that he didn't do that because he wanted it to be authentic. So he was like, "Haha, can you believe I said that? I'm so sorry, boy. You're a very nice boy." <laughs> And I was like, right, okay. That's so funny. I like that you didn't just let it go. No. You know, move on. Just pretend like he didn't say it, yeah. Oh, that's that's the worst. He dug it into the ground. Man and now I remember it like 10 years later. Man misgendered you and had the biggest guilt about it. You know. So the oldest part of the hall was built in 1575. And over the years, they added various wings. So a building that old is bound to attract some ghostly rumours. So here they are. But actually, it's a bit more of like a popular ghost <laughs> please, thing. Please, please tell me. Because an episode of Most Haunted was filmed here in 2004. Wow. Yeah, apparently they caught ghosts on camera. Why have Most Haunted filmed everywhere? However, it's kind of hard to find the episode because it was a while back. So we just have to trust the IMDb page for what it says. But the staff upheld the paranormal claims. One hall attendant says that he has worked there for 39 years and he's heard footsteps when he was the only person in the building. Ooh. He went his. to investigate. It was his footsteps. 
And when he came back, his keys had been moved from where he'd left them, and they'd been hidden behind a radio. That's what my excuse is when I lose things. You just have ADHD. The hall attendant, his name is David, says that he believes the study is um, haunted, the most haunted room, because that's where they laid out Lord Sefton's body for everyone to pay respects. And he also said that every dog has refused to enter. Not every dog in the world, I'm sure, but the ones that he's tried it with have refused to enter. His dog, Dixie, who's a Labrador, Aww, was very Dixie. calm. She's a very calm dog, but she was left shaking after being near the room. No. No! He also said that he feels chilling cold air go past him. And paranormal investigators are always at the hall as well. At one point in 2013, a group captured what they described as a short, hideous figure in a cloak. It was me. That's how people describe me too. <laughs> it There's was also... Halloween and I was there. Okay. Little goblin. <laughs> you don't have to be mean about it. There's also a very well-documented ghost sighting there. Um, it was captured on CCTV. And in the video, a figure sort of in the shape of a human, vaguely, and the size of a man, emerges from some trees, enters up a path, and then disappears. Mm. Because the footage is grainy, and obviously it's a ghost, you can't really tell who it is. People think it might be the second Earl of Sefton. They think this, which is quite funny, because he appears around the time of the Grand National, which is held nearby. Love it. And he was a gambler. There's also lots of claims that it's the ground itself that is haunted, opposed to the house. But maybe we'll go check it out ourselves. What is it with gambling ghosts in Liverpool? Does everyone here gamble? And so if they're a ghost... Big horse race. It's gonna... You're gonna just happen to be a gambling ghost. Maybe. Or do you think Liverpool, as a place, has said, you know what, the only people that we're going to let, let be ghosts in our place are gamblers? Maybe it's a big marketing scheme for the Grand National. Maybe. You heard it here first, guys. Conspiracy about Liverpool. <laughs> Unfortunately, my next ghost is not a gambler. No. I'm sorry. Yeah. My uh, last and second, I suppose... Ghost is the Penny Lane Poltergeist. I was honestly quite surprised when I learned about it because Penny Lane is such a well-known Scouse landmark that I was like, oh, if anything weird's going on, people will know. People do not know. For those who don't know, Penny Lane was made famous by the hit boy band, The Beatles. <laughs> who are they? <laughs> not written anything about them because everyone just, knows the Beatles. Everyone knows the Beatles, yeah. <laughs> It also houses a spooky apparition. One of the first sightings of something ghostly happened in the late 1890s, where a local saw an orb of white light that was floating from a cottage on Greenbank Road, and then made its way over to Penny Lane, while simultaneously turning into like a bluish colour. Ooh, that yeah. sounds nice. When it got to Penny Lane, it vanished behind some trees. Then, just a few days later, a horse-drawn carriage was attempting to make its way into town, but the wheels locked up on Penny Lane, and they couldn't move for half an hour, no matter how hard the horses tried to pull the load. Wow. But there was nothing blocking the wheels, obviously. Then, the beer in Wavertree, which is nearby, started to taste sour, so all of the locals were adamant there was some kind of witchery or spookiness going on nearby. It wasn't until the residents of number 44, Penny Lane, had eventually had enough and left their home that people learned what had really been going on. The family here had been haunted by a poltergeist and were irritated by loud bangs, shaking floorboards, bumps in the night and missing possessions. 
After the family left, the next family to move in didn't notice anything obscure. It was as if it never happened. It wasn't until the Second World War that the ghost awoke from its hibernation. During the war, the house had been damaged slightly, but that still didn't free the ghost. It was in 1955 that it was next sighted by a Mrs Hale. She was a local, just returning from the chemist at number 41, and as she went by the property, she saw a girl in the window brushing her long blonde hair. The girl looked to be around 13, and there was nothing particularly strange about her. Apart from the fact that the property was owned by a William Penny, and he didn't have a daughter. Oh no. Or anyone in the house with long blonde hair. That's terrifying. Then, just a couple of days later, a crowd formed outside the front of the bakers on Penny Lane. Wondering what was going on, Mrs Edith McKay wandered over and asked. She was told that the ghost was back, this time in the upstairs window of the bakery. She looked, and there was the young blonde girl brushing her hair, staring out of the window. After a few moments, she disappeared into thin air, with the entire crowd seeing this. My gosh. Again, all was silent from the poltergeist until this... Once this had happened, sorry, until 1971. Number 44 had been turned into a printing shop, owned by Shackman and Hampton. When they went to open up shop one morning in January, they were met by an angry group of locals. They were yelling at them for leaving their loud machinery on all night. They were absolutely baffled, because they'd not left any on, and this was confirmed when they opened up and looked around. They were told about the poltergeist who had been resident before, and they attempted to record the spectre. They captured some loud footsteps on, like, audio and, like, some weird bangs, so they knew it wasn't just all in the head. Right. But obviously they didn't capture evidence of a poltergeist, you know yeah. what I mean? And since then there's been no paranormal activity, but by the looks of it, we are well overdue some more Penny Lane hauntings. Maybe we'll go and just stand around for a bit. Maybe we will just go and <laughs> stand around. I've not got anything better to do with my day. Yeah, work, right? <laughs> Lame. So my story is about the Philharmonic dining rooms. So my sources are Guardian, Echo, Signatures Liverpool and Shiverpool. Whoa. So this pub is grade one listed. It's the first purpose-built Victorian pub to be given the grade one listing. It's a beautiful building. It's got really fancy toilets that everyone always goes on about. The Beatles used to go... And Paul McCartney did a surprise gig there in 2018. So there are tons of places in Liverpool that are haunted. Like almost every second building here has a ghost story. But this one is pretty pretty high ranking on the spooks, apparently. So this pub on Hope Street in Liverpool is said to be haunted by the locals. As in the locals say it, they're not haunting it. Or I mean, I hope not. <laughs> Obviously, I'm a local. And while I feel like I should be into ghost pub knowledge, I'm actually not for some reason. So... This was a pretty interesting one. Abby's into pubs and she's into ghosts, but she hates ghosts. Do not pubs. combine them, please. <laughs> People say it's haunted by a banshee and other spirits. And not just the alcohol kind. Oh, <laughs> that was awful. Thank you, I wrote that into my script. <laughs> so in 1971, it said that a man named Walter Slim walked into the bar and said, in the name of human charity, I'll have your gin, sir, to the barman. He was dressed in a top hat and a cape. Oh, he's well annoying. The bar bartender hated him. Guarantee. The, the barman gave him the gin, which he drank, and then he left. Problem is, he'd been dead for 83 years. Oh, so he definitely was hated by the barman. <laughs> People thought this was a prank. 
obviously. Apparently the ghost casually told the other patrons of the pub that he'd been disturbed from his sleep in the cemetery. So they were like, yeah, okay, cool, fine. <laughs> yeah, all right, on your bike. While this was probably really funny at the time, or a bit annoying, especially if you've had like a drink already, it was less funny to the regulars when a week later, police discovered that Satanists had broken into the tomb of Walter Slim in the cemetery. They'd opened up his coffin and the body was preserved very well because it was um, lead-lined. Mm. And the gravediggers then carried out an elaborate, elaborate black magic spell for resurrection. Oh, nearly. Oh, what a wild ride. <laughs> Time to find a new local. Right? That's all I have on that. I just thought it was really funny. You'd not be staying there, would you? Imagine like being in the bar and this guy's like, yes, yeah, some absolute idiots dug me up. Can you believe? Anyway, I'll have a gin. And you're like, right, I okay. love that the first thing he did after being resurrected after 80 odd years was go get a gin from his local. Love it. After being resurrected, I feel like the you first need thing a you hard need drink. is a drink. Yeah. <laughs> wow. What a weird story. Right. It's stressful enough being a bartender. Do you think you've ever served a ghost by accident? Well, as I've mentioned before, we used to have a pub ghost, but it was more the kind of like spooky shadowy kind than like... I'll have one of your finest gins, sir. Maybe it was just embarrassed. Oh, or, or nervous. Maybe it was shy. Yeah, maybe it was just shy. It really wanted a drink, but it was too nervous to say. Listen, you don't have to serve a ghost. Ghosts can serve themselves. Once you've shut, they can have it for free. This is a PSA for all ghosts out there. Yeah, listen up, cubs. <laughs> Break the system. Yeah. Wait till everyone leaves. Just steal. What they can do, imprison you, you're a ghost. Being a ghost sounds pretty sweet, right? You can just do whatever. Walk down the same street every single day of the week. Make yourself a gin. Spook people out. Yeah. The things you can do when you're alive. Except you're dead. Yep. Transparent. You are not confined by capitalist society. <laughs> yeah. Money means nothing to you because you're already passed away. That's what I say to myself in the mirror every day. <laughs> to motivate me for the Money day. Money means nothing to you. <laughs> you're already dead. I'm already dead. <laughs> We're just two ghosts hanging out. Yeah, we literally are the ghostesses. I know. Oh, I can't wait to do this forever and eternity. <laughs> but that's all I have. Well, what a wonderful mini-sode. Yeah, thank you for listening, folks. Thank if you, you like the podcast, please head over to at Myths Magic Pod. You can see the reference photos. You can follow us. It's a nice time. Yeah, and you can let us know if your hometowns have any spooky stories of themselves. You know what to do. You, <laughs> you listen to every other episode where I go on you a spiel. You can email there. And if you want to go over to Patreon, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash Murder and get some extra stuff. Don't listen before bed. Listen before bed. <laughs>